0: Welcome back, everyone, to 1001 Stories for the Road. This is your host, John Hagedorn, and it's great to be with you today. Occasionally, our listeners contact me with ideas for our shows, including great stories. And it was Doc Jell, one of our loyal fans from way back, who suggested the classic adventure novel The Curse of Capistrano to me. The Curse of Capistrano is also known as The Mark of Zorro. It's a 1919 novel written by Johnston McCulley, and the first of many works to feature the Californio character Diego Vega, the masked hero also called Zorro. Zorro is the Spanish word for fox. It first appeared as a five-part magazine serial. I put the picture up at our Facebook page, 1001 Heroes. The story was adapted into the silent film The Mark of Zorro in 1920, and then appeared in book form in 1924, also using the title The Mark of Zorro. And it's that 1924 book that we'll be sharing here. The book tells of the story of Californio Don Diego Vega, alias Señor Zorro, in the company of his deaf and mute servant Bernardo and his lover Lolita Pulido, as they opposed the villainous Captain Ramon and Sergeant Gonzalez in early 19th century California during the era of Mexican rule before it became a U.S. state. It is set among the historic Spanish missions in California, Pueblos or towns such as San Juan Capistrano and the rural California countryside. I was born in Southern California, so sharing the names of these towns and missions is like coming home for me. Before being published in book form, The Curse of Capistrano appeared as five serialized installments in the pulp magazine All Story Weekly. In 1920, the story was adapted as a silent film, The Mark of Zorro, starring Douglas Fairbanks as the hero... Don Diego Vega. The title was a reference to the hero's habit of marking enemies or surfaces with three sword cuts, forming a letter Z. This was one of the films that really made Hollywood. The Mark of Zorro met with enormous success, leading to public demand for more Zorro stories. Twenty years after the first film adaptation, and 16 years after the book's publication, 20th Century Fox released a new, talky version of The Mark of Zorro in 1940, starring Tyrone Power as Don Diego Vega. That film met with huge popularity and critical success and was named to the National Film Registry in 2009 by the Library of Congress for being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant and to be preserved for all time. A few side notes, the 1940 film has been referenced in numerous Batman comics as the film that hero Bruce Wayne sees on the night his parents are murdered. The character of Zorro is loosely based upon a real highwayman whose name was Joaquin Murrieta, who, unlike Zorro, who had helped right wrongs done against the poor, took from the rich and gave to himself. Our story begins in a small cantina where a drunk and boastful sergeant brags that it will be he who collects the bounty which has been put on Zorro's head, if he ever gets the chance to meet him. Today at 1001 Stories for the Road, we begin with chapters 1 through 3. And now, Chapter 1, Pedro, the Boaster. Again the sheet of rain beat against the roof of red Spanish tile, and the wind shrieked like a soul in torment, and smoke puffed from the big fireplace as the sparks were showered over the hard dirt floor. "'Tis a night for evil deeds,' declared Sergeant Pedro Gonzales, stretching his great feet in their loose boots toward the roaring fire and grasping the hilt of his sword in one hand and a mug filled with thin wine in the other. "'Devils howl in the wind, and demons are in the raindrops. "'Tis an evil night, indeed. "'Eh, senor?' "'It is,' the fat landlord agreed hastily, "'and he made haste, also, to fill the wine mug again, "'for Sergeant Pedro Gonzalez had a temper "'that was terrible when aroused, "'as it always was when wine was not forthcoming. "'An evil night,' the big sergeant repeated, "'and drained the mug without stopping to draw breath a feat that had attracted considerable attention in its time and had gained the sergeant a certain amount of notoriety up and down El Camino Real, as they called the highway that connected the missions in one long chain. Gonzalez sprawled closer to the fire and cared not that the other men thus were robbed of some of its warmth. Sergeant Pedro Gonzalez often had expressed his belief that a man should look out for his own comfort before considering others, and being of great size and strength and having much skill with the blade... "'He found few who had the courage to declare that they believed otherwise. "'Outside, the wind shrieked, "'and the rain dashed against the ground in a solid sheet. "'It was a typical February storm for Southern California. "'At the missions, the frails had cared for the stock "'and had closed the buildings for the night. "'At every great hacienda, big fires were burning in the houses. "'The timid natives kept to their little adobe huts, glad for shelter.' and here in the little pueblo of Reina de Los Angeles, where, in years to come, a great city would grow, the tavern on one side of the plaza housed for a time being men who would sprawl before the fire until the dawn, rather than face the beating rain. Sergeant Pedro González, by virtue of his rank and size, hogged the fireplace, and a corporal and three soldiers from the presidio sat at a table a little in the rear of him, drinking their thin wine and playing at cards. An Indian servant crouched on his heels in one corner, no neophyte who had accepted the religion of the frails, but a Gentile and renegade. For this was in the day of the decadence of the missions, and there was little peace between the robed Franciscans who followed in the footsteps of the sainted Junipero Serra, who had founded the first mission at San Diego de Alcala, and thus made possible an empire, and those who followed the politicians, and had high places in the army. The men who drank wine in the tavern at Reina de los Angeles had no wish for a spying neophyte about them. Just now, conversation had died out, a fact that annoyed the fat landlord and caused him some fear. For Sergeant Pedro Gonzalez, in an argument, was Sergeant Gonzalez at peace, and unless he could talk, the big soldier might feel moved to action and start a brawl. Twice before, Gonzalez had done so, to the great damage of furniture and men's faces. "'and the landlord had appealed to the comandante of the presidio, "'Captain Ramon, only to be informed that the captain "'had an abundance of troubles of his own, "'and that running an inn was not one of them. "'So the landlord regarded Gonzales warily "'and edged closer to the long table, "'and spoke in an attempt to start a general conversation "'and so avert trouble. "'They are staying in the pueblo,' he announced, "'that this Signor Zorro is abroad again.' His words had an effect that was both unexpected and terrible to witness. Sergeant Pedro Gonzalez hurled his half-filled wine mug to the hard dirt floor, straightened suddenly on the bench, and crashed a ponderous fist down upon the table, causing wine mugs and cards and coins to scatter in all directions. The corporal and the three soldiers retreated a few feet in sudden fright, and the red face of the landlord blanched. The native sitting in the corner started to creep toward the door, having determined that he preferred the storm outside to the big sergeant's anger. "'Señor Zorro, eh?' Gonzales cried in a terrible voice. "'Is it my fate always to hear that name? "'Señor Zorro, eh? "'Mr. Fox, in other words. "'He imagines, I take it, "'that he is as cunning as one. "'By the saints he raises as much stench.' Gonzales gulped, turned to face them squarely, and continued his tirade. "'He runs up and down the length of El Camino Real "'like a goat of the high hills. "'He wears a mask, and he flashes a pretty blade, they tell me. "'He uses the point of it to carve his hated letter Z "'on the cheek of his foe. "'Ha! The mark of Zorro, they're calling it. "'A pretty blade he has, in truth. "'But I cannot swear as to the blade. "'I've never seen it. "'He will not do me the honor of letting me see it.' "'Señor Zorro's depredations never occur in the vicinity of Sergeant Pedro González. "'Perhaps this Señor Zorro can tell us the reason for that.' He glared at the men before him, threw up his upper lip, and let the ends of his great black mustache bristle. "'They are calling him the curse of Capistrano now,' the fat landlord observed, stooping to pick up the wine mug and cards, and hoping to filch a coin in the process.' Curse of the entire highway and the whole mission chain. Sergeant Gonzales roared. A cutthroat he is. A thief. Ha! A common fellow presuming to get him a reputation for bravery because he robs a hacienda or so and frightens a few women and natives. Señor Zorro, eh? Here is one fox. Gives me pleasure to hunt. Curse of Capistrano, eh? I know I've led an evil life, but I only ask of the saints one thing now. "'that they forgive me my sins long enough to grant me the boon "'of standing face to face with this pretty highwayman.' "'There is a reward,' the landlord began. "'You snatched the very words from my lips,' Sergeant Gonzales protested. "'There is a pretty reward for the fellow's capture, "'offered by His Excellency the Governor. "'And what good fortune has come to my blade? "'I am away on duty at San Juan Capistrano, "'and the fellow makes his play at Santa Barbara.' I am at Reina de los Angeles, and he takes a fat purse at San Luis Rey. I dine at San Gabriel, let us say, and he robs at San Diego del Cala. A pest he is. Once I meet him Sergeant Gonzalez choked on his wrath and reached for the wine mug, which the landlord had filled again and placed at his elbow. He gulped down the contents. Well, he has never visited us here, the landlord said with a sigh of thanksgiving. "'Good reason, fat one. Ample reason. We have a Presidio here, and a few soldiers. He rides far from any Presidio, does this pretty Signor Zorro. He's like a fleeting sunbeam. I grant him that, and with about as much real courage.' Sergeant Gonzales relaxed on the bench again, and the landlord gave him a glance that was full of relief, and began to hope that there would be no breakage of mugs and furniture and men's faces on this rainy night.' "'Yet this Signor Zorro must rest at times. "'He must eat and sleep,' the landlord said. "'It is certain that he must have some place "'for hiding and recuperation. "'Some fine day the soldiers will trail him to his den.' "'Ha!' Gonzales replied. "'Of course the man has to eat and sleep. "'And what is it that he claims now? "'He says that he's no real thief. "'By the saints, he is but punishing those "'who mistreat the men of the missions.' "'he says. "'Friend of the oppressed. "'He left a placard at Santa Barbara "'recently stating as much, did he not? "'Ha! "'And what may be the reply to that? "'The frails of the missions are shielding him, "'hiding him, giving him his meat and drink. "'Shake down a robed fray, "'and you'll find some trace "'of this pretty highwayman's whereabouts. "'Else I'm a lazy civilian.' "'I have no doubt that you speak the truth,' "'the landlord replied.' "'I put it not past the frails to do such a thing. "'But may this Signor Zorro never visit us here.' "'And why not, fat one?' "'Sergeant Gonzales cried in a voice of thunder. "'Am I not here? "'Have I not a blade at my side? "'Are you an owl? "'And is this daylight that you cannot see "'as far as the end of your puny crooked nose?' "'By the saints!' "'I mean,' said the landlord quickly, and with some alarm, that I have no wish to be robbed.' "'To be robbed of what, fat one? Of a jug of weak wine and a meal? "'Have you riches, fool? Ha! Let the fellow come. Let this bold and cunning Signor Zorro but enter that door and step before us. Let him make a bow, as they say he does, and let his eyes twinkle through his mask. Let me but face the fellow for an instant. And I claim the generous reward offered by His Excellency.' "'He, perhaps, is afraid to venture so near the Presidio,' the landlord said. "'More wine!' Gonzales howled. "'More wine, fat one, and place it to my account. "'When I have earned the reward, you shall be paid in full. "'I promise it on my word as a soldier. "'Ha! "'Were this brave and cunning Signor Zorro, "'this curse of Capistrano, "'but to make entrance at that door now!' "'And at that moment the door "'suddenly opened. "'We'll return with Chapter 2, "'right after these sponsor messages. "'And now Chapter 2, "'On the Heels of the Storm. "'In came a gust of wind and rain, "'and a man with it, "'and the candles flickered, "'and one was extinguished. "'This sudden entrance in the midst "'of the sergeant's boast startled them all, "'and Gonzales drew his blade "'halfway from its scabbard "'as his words died in his throat.' "'The native was quick to close the door again "'to keep out the wind. "'The newcomer turned and faced them. "'The landlord gave another sigh of relief. "'It was not Señor Zorro, of course. "'It was Don Diego Vega, "'a fair youth of excellent blood and twenty-four years, "'noted the length of El Camino Real "'for his small interest in the really important things of life. "'Ha!' and slammed his blade home. "'Is it that I startled you somewhat, Señor?' "'Don Diego asked politely, and in a thin voice,' glancing round the big room and nodding to the men before him. "'If you did, signor, it was because you entered on the heels of the storm,' the sergeant retorted. T'would not be your own energy that would startle any man.' Hm. grunted Don Diego, throwing aside his sombrero and flinging off his soaked serape. "'Your remarks border on the perilous, my raucous friend. "'Can it be that you intend to take me to task?' "'It is true.' continued Don Diego, that I do not have a reputation for riding like a fool at risk of my neck, fighting like an idiot with every newcomer, and playing the guitar under every woman's window like a simpleton. Yet I do not care to have these things you deem my shortcomings flaunted in my face. Ha! Gonzalez cried, half in anger. We have an agreement, Sergeant Gonzales, that we can be friends, and I can forget the wide difference in birth and breeding that yawns between us, only as long as you curb your tongue and stand, my comrade. Your boasts amuse me, and I buy for you the wine that you crave. It is a pretty arrangement. But ridicule me again, senor, either in public or private, and the agreement is at an end. I may mention that I have some small influence. your pardon, caballero, and my very good friend, the alarmed Sergeant Gonzales cried now. "'You are storming worse than the tempest outside, "'and merely because my tongue happened to slip. "'Hereafter, if any man ask, "'you are nimble of wit and quick with the blade, "'always ready to fight or to make love. "'You are a man of action, Caballero. "'Ha! Does any dare doubt it?' "'Blared around the room, half drawing his blade again, "'and then he slammed the sword home and threw back his head "'and roared with laughter, "'and then clapped Don Diego between the shoulders, "'and the fat landlord hurried with more wine.' knowing well that Don Diego Vega would stand the score. For this peculiar friendship between Don Diego and Sergeant Gonzales was the talk of El Camino Real. Don Diego came from a family of blood that ruled over thousands of broad acres, countless herds of horses and cattle, great fields of grain. Don Diego, in his own right, had a hacienda that was like a small empire, and a house in the Pueblo also, and was destined to inherit from his father more than thrice what he had now but Don Diego was unlike other full-blooded youths of the times. It appeared that he disliked action. He seldom wore his blade, except as a matter of style and apparel. He was damnably polite to all women, and paid court to none. He sat in the sun, and listened to the wild tales of other men, and now and then he smiled. He was the opposite of Sergeant Pedro Gonzalez in all things, and yet they were together frequently. It was as Don Diego had said, He enjoyed the sergeant's boasts, and the sergeant enjoyed the free wine. What more could either ask in the way of a fair arrangement? Now Don Diego went to stand before the fire and dry himself, holding a mug of red wine in one hand. He was only medium in size, yet he possessed health and good looks, and it was the despair of proud dueñas that he would not glance a second time at the pretty senoritas they protected, and for whom they sought desirable husbands. "'Gonzalez, afraid that he had angered his friend "'and that the free wine would be at an end, "'now strove to make peace. "'Caballero, we've been speaking of this notorious Senor Zorro,' he said. "'We've been regarding in conversation "'this fine curse of the Capistrano, "'as some nimble-witted fool has seen fit to term "'the pest of the highway.' "'Well, what about him?' Don Diego asked, "'putting down his wine-mug "'and hiding a yawn behind his hand.' Those who knew Don Diego best declared he yawned ten score times a day. "'I've been remarking, caballero,' said the sergeant, "'that this fine Signor Zorro never appears in my vicinity, "'and that I'm hoping the good saints will grant me the chance of facing him some fine day, "'that I may claim the reward offered by the governor. "'Signor Zorro, eh? Ha!' "'Let us not speak of him,' Don Diego begged. "'turning from the fireplace and throwing out one hand as if in protest. "'Shall it be that I never hear of anything except deeds of bloodshed and violence? "'Would it be possible in these turbulent times "'for a man to listen to words of wisdom regarding music or the poets?' "'Meal, mush, and goat's milk,' snorted Sergeant Gonzales, in huge disgust. "'If this Signor Zorro wishes to risk his neck, let him. "'It is his own neck, by the saints, a cutthroat, a thief.' "'I've been hearing considerable concerning his work,' Don Diego went on to say. "'The fellow, no doubt, is sincere in his purpose. "'He has robbed no one except officials who have stolen from the missions and the poor, "'and punished none except brutes who mistreat natives. "'He has slain no man, I understand. "'Let him have his little day in the public eye, my sergeant.' "'I would rather have the reward.' "'Earn it,' Don Diego said. "'Capture him.' "'Ha!' "'Dead or alive, the governor's proclamation says. "'I myself have read it.' "'Then stand you up to him and run him through, "'if such a thing pleases you,' Don Diego retorted. "'And tell me all about it afterward. "'But spare me now.' "'Ah, it will be a pretty story,' Gonzales cried. "'And you shall have it entire, caballero, word by word. "'How I played with him, how I laughed at him as we fought.' how he pressed him back after a time and ran him through. "'Afterward, but not now,' Don Diego cried, exasperated. "'Landlord, more wine. "'The only manner in which to stop this raucous boaster "'is to make his wide throat so slick with wine "'that the words cannot climb out of it.' "'The landlord quickly filled the mugs. "'Don Diego sipped at his wine slowly, as a gentleman should, "'while Sergeant Gonzales took his in two great gulps.' and then the scion of the House of Vega stepped across to the bench and reached for his sombrero and his serape. "'What?' the sergeant cried. "'You're going to leave us at such an early hour, caballero? "'You are going to face the fury of that beating storm?' "'At least I am brave enough for that,' Don Diego replied, smiling. "'I but ran over from my house for a pot of honey. "'The fools feared the rain too much to fetch me some this day from the hacienda.' "'Get me one, landlord.' "'I shall escort you safely home to the rain,' Sergeant Gonzales cried, for he knew full well that Don Diego had excellent wine of age there. "'You shall remain here before the roaring fire,' Don Diego told him firmly. "'I do not need an escort of soldiers from the Presidio to cross the plaza. "'I am going over accounts with my secretary, "'and possibly may return to the tavern after we have finished.' "'I wanted the pot of honey that we might eat as we worked.' "'Ah! "'And why did you not send that secretary of yours for the honey, Caballero? "'Why be wealthy and have servants, "'if a man cannot send them on errands on such a stormy night?' "'He is an old man and feeble,' Don Diego explained. "'He also is secretary to my aged father. "'The storm would kill him. "'Landlord, serve all here with wine, and put it to my account. "'I may return when my books have been straightened.' Don Diego Vega picked up the pot of honey, wrapped his serape around his head, opened the door, and plunged into the storm and darkness. "'There goes a man!' Gonzales cried, flourishing his arms. "'He is my friend, that caballero, and I would have all men know it. He seldom wears a blade, and I doubt whether he can use one. But he is my friend. The flashing dark eyes of lovely señoritas do not disturb him. Yet I swear—' is the pattern of a man.' "'Music and the poets, eh? "'Ha! "'Has he not the right, "'if such is his pleasure? "'Is he not Don Diego Vega? "'Has he not blue blood, "'and broad acres, "'and great storehouses "'filled with goods? "'Is he not liberal? "'He may stand on his head "'or wear petticoats, "'if it please him. "'Yet I swear, "'he is a pattern of a man.' The soldiers echoed his sentiments, since they were drinking Don Diego's wine, and did not have the courage to combat the sergeant's statements. The fat landlord served them with another round, since Don Diego would pay, for it was beneath the Vega to look at his score in a public tavern. And the fat landlord many times had taken advantage of this fact. He cannot endure the thought of violence or bloodshed. Sergeant Gonzales continued, "He is as gentle as a breeze of spring." "'yet he has a firm wrist and a deep eye. "'It merely is the caballero's manner of seeing life. "'Did I but have his youth and good looks and riches? "'Ha! "'There would be a stream of broken hearts, "'from San Diego de Alcala to San Francisco de Assis. "'And broken heads,' the corporal offered. "'Ah! "'And broken heads, comrade. "'I would rule the country. "'No youngster would stand long in my way. "'Out with blade and at them.' Cross Pedro Gonzalez, eh? To the shoulder! Hush! <laughs> Too long! <laughs> Gonzalez was upon his feet now, and his blade had leaped from its scabbard. He swept it back and forth through the air, thrust, parried, lunged, advanced and retreated, shouted his oaths and roared his laughter as he fought with shadows. That is the manner of it! he screeched at the fireplace. What have we here? Two of you against one? "'So much the better, senors. "'We love brave odds. "'Ha! "'Have at you, dog. "'Die, hound. "'Outside, poltroon. "'One side, poltroon.' "'He reeled against the wall, gasping, "'his breath almost gone, "'the point of his blade resting on the floor, "'his great face purple with the exertion "'and the wine he had consumed, "'while the corporal and the soldiers "'and the fat landlord laughed long and loudly "'at this bloodless battle "'from which Sergeant Pedro Gonzalez had emerged the unquestioned victor. Were, Were this fine Signor Zorro only before me here and now, the sergeant gasped. And again the door was opened suddenly, and a man entered the inn on the gust of the storm. We'll return with Chapter 3 right after this sponsor message. AND NOW CHAPTER THREE Senor ZORO PAYS A VISIT The native hurried forward to fasten the door again against the force of the wind, and then retreated to his corner again. The newcomer had his back toward those in the long room. They could see that his sombrero was pulled far down on his head, as if to prevent the wind from whisking it away, and that his body was enveloped in a long cloak that was wringing wet. With his back still toward them, he opened the cloak and shook the raindrops from it. "'and then folded it across his breast again "'as the fat landlord hurried forward, "'rubbing his hands together in expectation, "'for he deemed that here was some caballero off the highway "'who would pay good coin for food and bed "'and care for his horse. "'When the landlord was within a few feet of him and the door, "'the stranger whirled around. "'The landlord gave a little cry of fear "'and retreated with speed. "'The corporal gurgled deep down in his throat. "'The soldiers gasped. "'Sergeant Pedro Gonzalez allowed his lower jaw to drop, "'and let his eyes bulge. "'For the man who stood straight before them "'had a black mask over his face "'that effectually concealed his features, "'and through the two slits in it "'his eyes glittered ominously. "'Ha! What have we here?' Gonzales gasped, "'finally some presence of mind returning to him. "'The man before them bowed. "'Señor Zorro, at your service,' he said. "'By the saints! "'Señor Zorro, eh?' "'Gonzalez cried. "'Do you doubt it, Signor?' "'If you are indeed "'Señor Zorro, "'then you've lost your wits,' "'the sergeant declared. "'What is the meaning of that speech?' "'You are here, are you not? "'You've entered the inn, "'have you not? "'By all the saints, "'you've walked into a trap, "'my pretty highwaymen.' "'Will the Signor please explain?' "'Señor Zorro asked. "'His voice was deep, and held a peculiar ring. Are you blind? Are you without sense? Gonzales demanded. Am I not here? And what has that to do with it? Am I not a soldier? Well, at least you wear a soldier's garb, senor. By the saints! And cannot you see the good corporal and three of our comrades? Have you come to surrender your wicked sword, senor? Are you finished playing at rogue? "'Señor Zorro laughed, not unpleasantly, "'but he did not take his eyes from Gonzales. "'Most certainly I have not come to surrender,' he said. "'I am on business, senor.' "'Business?' Gonzales queried. Four days ago, senor, "'you brutally beat a native who had won your dislike. "'The affair happened on the road between here "'and the mission at San Gabriel.' "'He was a surly dog and got in my way.' And how does that concern you, my pretty highwayman? I am the friend of the oppressed, Signor, and I have come to punish you. Come to punish me, fool! You punish me? I shall die of laughter before I run you through. You're good as dead, Signor Zorro. His Excellency has offered a pretty price for your carcass. If you are a religious man, say your prayers. "'I would not have it said that I slew a man "'without giving him time to repent his crimes. "'I give you the space "'of a hundred heartbeats. "'You are generous, "'signor, but there is no need "'for me to say my prayers.' "'Then I must do my duty,' "'said Gonzales, "'and lifted the point of his blade. "'Corporal, you will remain by the table, "'and the men also. "'This fellow and the reward he means "'are mine.' "'He blew out the edge of his moustache, and advanced carefully, not making the mistake of underestimating his antagonist, for there had been certain tales of the man's skill with a blade. And when he was within the proper distance, he recoiled suddenly, as if a snake had warned of a strike. For Signor Zorro had allowed one hand to come from beneath his cloak, and that hand held a pistol, most damnable of weapons to Sergeant Gonzales. Back, Signor, Signor Zorro warned. Ha! So that is the way of it. "'Gonzalez cried. "'You carry that devil's weapon "'and threaten men with it. "'Such things are for use only at a long distance "'and against inferior foes. "'Gentlemen prefer the trusty blade.' "'Back, senor. "'There is death in this you call the devil's weapon. "'I shall not warn again.' "'Somebody told me you were a brave man.' Gonzales taunted, retreating a few feet. "'It has been whispered that you would meet any man "'foot to foot and cross blades with him.' "'I'd have believed it of you. "'And now I find you resorting to a weapon "'fit for nothing except to use against red natives. "'Can it be, Signor, "'that you lack the courage I've heard you possess?' "'Signor Zorro laughed again. "'As to that, you shall see presently,' he said. "'The use of this pistol is necessary at the present time. "'I find myself pitted against large odds in this tavern, Signor. "'I shall cross blades with you gladly "'when I have made such a proceeding safe.' "'I wait anxiously,' Gonzales sneered. "'The corporal and soldiers will retreat to that far corner,' "'Señor Zorro directed. "'Landlord, you will accompany them. "'The native will go there also. "'Quickly, señores.' "'Thank you. "'I do not wish to have any of you disturbing me "'while I am punishing this sergeant here.' "'Ha!' Gonzales screeched in fury. "'We shall soon see us to the punishing, my pretty fox.' I shall hold the pistol in my left hand, Signor Zoro continued. I shall engage this sergeant with my right in the proper manner, and as I fight I shall keep an eye on the corner. The first move from any of you, Signors, means that I fire. I'm expert with this you have termed the devil's weapon, and if I fire, some men shall cease to exist on this earth of ours. Is that understood? The corporal and soldiers and landlord did not take the trouble to answer. Senor Zorro looked Gonzales straight in the eyes again, and a chuckle came from behind his mask. Sergeant, you will turn your back until I can draw my blade, he directed. I give you my word, as a caballero, that I shall not make a foul attack. As a caballero? Gonzales sneered. I said it, senor. Zorro replied, his voice ringing a threat. Gonzales shrugged his shoulders and turned his back. In an instant, he heard the voice of the highwayman again. On guard, senor! Join us next week for chapters four, five, and six of The Mark of Zorro. If you're enjoying our show, please do take a moment and send a review for 1001 Stories for the Road. Until next Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, everyone. Stay safe, and we'll be back soon.